today is such a special day because I have here with me somebody who is not only one of my favorite college athletes ever, she is also now an assistant coach for the women's basketball program at my school. In college, she was selected multiple times to the Pac-10 all-defensive team. She is one of the best on-ball defenders that I have ever seen at the college level, and she is a valued member of the first and only Cal women's basketball team to reach the Final Four back in 2013. I am joined by the one and only Eliza Pierre. Eliza, thank you so much for doing this. Of course. Thank you, Greg, for having me. Yeah, anytime. Uh, first off, I just have to ask, how are you holding up during these crazy times? Um, we have been good. Um, very, very blessed to be able to uh, um, just be able to spend this time back at home with family. Um, for the first summer in a long time, I haven't traveled, um, and I've had more visitors um, in the last few months from my family. My mom has come up, and I've gone down there to see her um, quite a bit. But it's been keeping it pretty tight and staying local. That's great to hear. I'm glad that you're doing well despite the madness that's all around us and you got yeah. a really positive outlook. So that's fantastic. Um, I want to start by going back to 2013 when the California Golden Bears made the Final Four. It's the Elite Eight versus Georgia. You guys are up 65-62 with 2.1 seconds to go in overtime. Leisure Clarendon makes the free throw. Georgia inbounds the ball from full court. Brittany Boyd tips the pass. And then Georgia throws up a desperation half court that misses. And the team storms the court as you realize the dream of making it to the Final Four. Just describe what that moment was like and how much it meant to everybody. Um, that team, just uh, the perseverance that we showed throughout that whole year, um, just – in our career, that senior class, um, everything that we kind of fought through, um, just having that moment and being able to share that with um, my teammates, my sisters on that court at the time, uh, yeah, it was it was extremely special. Um, it it is definitely something that um, I can see happening here uh, at Santa Barbara. Uh, something that <laughs> is extremely doable um obviously we we have to do the work um to be able to share those moments i'm not saying the final four specifically um that would be great but really just that moment where we're we storm that court and uh and we had a big game where we had a comeback uh, last year against csun and uh, or two years ago and um just that feeling that feeling and being that 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 energy in that locker room after that game, just that kind of stuff. That that is what keeps me around this this game. That's what keeps me around the sport. Is that that feeling? Yeah, I mean, I remember just watching that. I was in a hotel room in Santa Cruz in this crammed little room, and <laughs> we all went crazy when that final shot went up, and especially my dad. Um, <laughs> and so uh, there was part of me that just felt like. This is so surreal. I couldn't believe it. Did it feel like it wasn't even real for you guys? It did and it didn't because of the, like I said, because we had just kind of gotten through so much. And at that point when we had got there, it was, we had already reached so many different milestones. Um, so we were just kind of the team that was out there playing, playing with just heart playing for each other. We were, we were that team. That was kind of our story going through it. That's the way it felt. At least um, we all, we all had a, 
a role to play. We we all understood our our roles and um, we were doing something really special. But I would say the most special thing about that season um, at Cal was that fan, the fan support. And just kind of how you're saying, that's kind of how we felt um, when we came when we came back home and being able to see those, our fans, our loyal fans who had stuck it out with us for so long, <laughs> uh, that was, that was pretty nice. Um, that fan support was definitely key. Like I was happy that we can, my four years from leaving Cal, I can leave and say, all right, we made a mark and our fans are going to remember this for a long time. That felt great. Yeah, I will definitely remember that for a long time, <laughs> as I'm sure you will and your team and all the other fans. Uh, to this day, you're still the only team to achieve what you achieved in program history, so it is not to be taken lightly. Um, you mentioned how just the long, hard journey, just all the hours and sweat and pain you put into the whole thing. What are some of the main memories from that whole process that continue to stick with you today? <laughs> um, a big one probably is um, my freshman year. We came in with seven, um, seven freshmen and six of us were all Americans. So we thought we knew everything <laughs> and we were playing with some of um, Cal's best athletes who had touched campus at that time. Um, Alexis Gray Lawson, um, Natalia, uh, I mean, Natasha, sorry, <laughs> Vital. And um, having just kind of like that that energy, Lauren Grife, that leader, that just leader on the court, just, yeah. And having like that kind of energy and talking and thinking that we knew everything and running open gyms, thinking that we could do it all and then having a disappointed season. That probably was a memory that I did not, that always stuck with me because it really showed me like those leaders who were there to teach us something, those seniors, those juniors who were there to kind of guide us and help us. Um, you got to respect that voice uh, because they've been there. And then uh, I'll say the best memory probably was that Final Four because it did. It felt, it. there's the energy, the energy in the tournament it always feels good like that from game one. But when that final four hits and all eyes are on you and you're on that bus and uh, you're getting escorted to every place you go, your family is there supporting you, your fans flying out, um, just kind of making it your own. That hotel is all yours with graphics of you everywhere. That feeling, that feeling of like, all right, this this is pretty cool. <laughs> That was uh, that was something I'll never ever forget. Is that moment that we touched down in New Orleans? It was pretty cool, also that we were in New Orleans. I will say. <laughs> yeah, I have yet to go to New Orleans, but that is definitely something I want to cross off the bucket list when travels a little bit more uh, safe and accessible. <laughs> but yes, great food. We hit probably all the top food spots out there. <laughs> As you should. You did something special. You got to treat yourself. No. So as great as your team was, mm -hmm. the one thing you guys did seem to struggle with was free throws. And one thing I heard was that late in the season at one point, players weren't allowed to leave practice until they made 10 in a row from the line. Is that true? Yes. <laughs> and and when 10 got easy, it became 20. And then it felt like 100, I promise you. 
Um, yeah, it was. And we needed we needed that. Um, because that that was some of the deciding factors in games was free throws. In a lot of our games, a lot of our losses was free throws. Um as many people have seen in their careers. But um that that's a huge struggle and we practice them all the time. So maybe it was just game day jitters. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, especially come tournament time, you know, whether it's the men's tournament or the women's tournament, I think any kind of elimination game situation, you can always see what a big deal free throws are. And, you know, you realize a lot of these people out on the court uh, on national TV are just so young. So mm-hmm. there's no doubt that the jitters would take effect. You know, obviously, um, you know, now you are a coach at UCSB, as we mentioned. So what about playing at such a high level and achieving what you guys achieved? Like, what about that do you aim to incorporate into your coaching style today? Um, I want to I want to push the players to to their limits. Um, I want to be able to, one, be a good coach to them off the court, um, Definitely, I want to be able to mentor them. I want them to know that it's a, always a safe space to come to me with anything, any issues that they have, um, but also build that relationship so that when we're on the courts and we're in between the lines, um, they understand that when I say you got you to gotta do this harder, you got to go quicker, you got to go faster, that they understand that that's coming from a place of love and an adornment. So that that that's the biggest key because those are – that that those are the coaches I remember. Uh, my position coach, Sherman Smith, um, in my first few years, I, I was I was looking for that a little bit, and it was a moment where she finally, you know, we went out to lunch. We had went to breakfast a few times um, every morning. We kind of scheduled it, and I got to know her better off the court. And then she just could pretty much do and say and trust in me. Um, that I was going to do whatever I needed to do for her. And that was built from a 15 minute right before my first class in the morning breakfast of over tater, over tater tots. (laughs) It's not, it wasn't magic. It was just, okay, this person I trust, I, I trust her. I trust her. I trust her opinion. And that's what I'm hoping that I'm bringing to, um, the players. And that's what I hope, or I know that our whole coaching staff here wants to bring to the players. It's so much more than just basketball. You're at a very elite school. Um, They're going to be challenged on the court and in the classroom. It has to be about more than just basketball. It has to be about building these women, these young women up. Yeah. I mean, if there's anything that these past few months have taught us is that it definitely is more than just basketball. You know, they're facing challenges in the classroom and on the court, but also there's challenges all around us in the world today. And I'm really excited to see how everybody's going to bounce back because I know this team that you guys have built and you can really start to see the toughness build and the team chemistry. And I think that was super valuable. I actually got to speak with Isla Lane, Danae Miller, and Laura Lee back in May. And we did talk about you. I told them that I've been watching you since 2009. And I tried you on the court as a maniac in the best possible way, to which they laughed and wholeheartedly agreed. So <laughs> what can you say about these young women who are now the centerpieces of this Gaucho team? Oh, and th- that is a very special group. Um, 
All, our, all of our players. Uh, but <laughs> yes, they would definitely agree with that. It probably has something to do with me running around the court right before practice. <laughs> you did not tonight yet. But uh, honestly, um, they all, all three of them, if you just kind of watch their game and watch who they are on and off the court, and our team as a whole, I, I, I would say, um, they all take care. They take care of each other. Um, like, Danae is she, – she's going to give everything that she has, um, everything. She's going to give it all. Isla's going to give it all. Lauren's going to do whatever you need her to do to make sure that we have some success. Um, she really, really – will take care of you. That, that's, that is something that's very special about the group of women we have because, you know, every, I, I have this quote, um, every season is a lifetime um, that I talk about, but it really is about um, every year things change. Um, so you don't ever know, you know, next season, you don't get that back. Our last season, you don't get that back. Next, next season, you got to move on. Um, every season is a lifetime. And to know that no matter what, you're going to be taken care of at the end of the day. It doesn't matter. Good good season, bad season. These these young women care about each other, and they're going to take care of each other. That's important. That's important for parents when they send their kids, like Lauren. Lauren's from uh, Chicago. When they send her out here, they expect her to be taken care of, and that's, that's just the standard. Um, and we don't – I mean, we obviously press the standard that we make sure that they're they're taking care of each other, but – that's not we we're not with them when they're having dinner at Natalia's house or going to go watch the sunset. We're not with them during those times. You know, that's stuff that they're building. Um, those are relationships that they're building with each other. So it really is important. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you know, you could uh, it's great that you describe them that way, because even though I hardly know them personally, I could totally see that on the court. You know, Danae averaging. Mm-hmm. 36 minutes a game, uh, often playing the full 40. She was just so tough and, you know, just a total workhorse. Um, you know, Lauren would play little spurts of minutes, but I get so excited when she would be on the court because she was grabbing offensive boards like she was, you know, six foot ten uh, instead of 5'11". And, uh, you know, Isla Lane, like, kind of just, you know, really under-recruited, but, you know, led the, I think, top five in double-doubles or – something like that, like led the country in rebounds. I mean, do you feel like she's WNBA potential? Her work ethic is crazy. I mean, she obviously has things that she's going to continue to grow in and um, will continue to work on. And But her work ethic is crazy. She works out almost every day. She drives She drives over to a private um, to a private gym to work out with one of her high school coaches who she trusts and we trust. And um, – She's been doing that with the whole quarantine, just trying to get her stay in shape and stay ready. Uh, but she, her, her work ethic is crazy. I mean, she definitely has that potential for sure. And we've seen her play against some of the best. Um, so it's I'm not saying this and not seeing her um, at play against people who could be at that level as well. So it it all be in due time, but for sure. Um, like I said, with that work ethic that she has, she's just going to continue to just get better. Well, with that work ethic, if she's been working out every single day in quarantine, <laughs> seriously, I am excited but also kind of scared to see what she becomes <laughs> the next time they take the court. So 
yeah, that's going to be a really, really tough task for teams. Yeah. And um, just we, like you said, having, we get Danae, we all have Danae back, Lauren back. Uh, we get some of the people who were um, hurt last year. We'll get, we'll get them back and bring in um, another fresh group. And we, we are really excited about this upcoming season. Yeah, and uh, before we touch on the upcoming season, I want to actually touch on the end of the last season because for a good chunk of most of last season, it felt like the team's performance was a little bit up and down. Uh, But you guys really hit your stride late in the season. You know, you won five of your last six conference games, ended on a game-winning buzzer beater in Hawaii. So what do you think changed during that hot streak? We kind of found our groove a little bit. that that's really what I would say. I think that we we passed the ball, we moved the ball well, we got out um in transition. Um I think we just really kind of found our groove. We were really starting to like understand um what what we needed to do, what was gonna help us be successful. Um and that, that you know, that's always what makes the the situation that we were in by the time we got to the tournament it's so sad because um we had seniors on that team who really had a chance to do something special, had an opportunity. So, um, you know, well, we all we told them already, um, they're coming with us next year, wherever we go. <laughs> They'll be right there. Awesome. I love that. Uh, you know, so looking into the future, you know, you just mentioned losing some seniors. The team will look different next season. You know, on the downside, mm-hmm. you lost two really valuable seniors. You know, Coco Miller was averaging over two steals a game and was also a reliable scorer. And Tulsahar could provide such a boost for the offense. But as you also mentioned, you are going to have a much deeper lineup and bring in a fresh group. So, you know, a little bit of changes in the rotation. How do you anticipate handling this new look? <laughs> oh, Bonnie has been coaching for over 30 years. <laughs> there is nothing she has not seen. So I am, I am trusting in her and, um, we are trusting in her, but we, we've all been on the phone, um, just kind of strategizing. We've, we've sit, um, sent each other tons of film, um, going, just kind of brainstorming. We haven't rested either. Uh, we're looking forward to, you know, putting everyone in position to be their, their best, their best selves. Um, my apologies. Um, but it is going to be something where, we are we are going to compete every day in the in the gym. Well, practices will be challenging for sure, um, and that that's only going to make us better. Like you said, we let we lose Coco, who has been a huge part of our offense for so long. Um, but that also brings in that space and time for someone else to be able to step up into that role because she was she was a good leader and she kind of showed. You know, the, the, she did a lot of the small things. Yeah, she scored, but she also did a lot of small things that, like you said, she she led us in steals. Um, and she scored. And she most of the time was on uh, people's best offensive player. Um, so it, it will, it'll be definitely different, but we have a lot of talent uh, coming in and a lot of talent that um, was out. And we have a lot of talent who who's ready and eager to play. Um, Tall, tall will, you know, tall, <laughs> she'll, she'll come in and she really will change things offensively for you. So, um, 
there, there's also a place for that as well. So we, um, we've been talking about it all, honestly. Now, we will be a different team. Uh, but I think, like I said, Bonnie's been doing this for so long that I, we, we're prepared. We're prepared to come in. We just, we just want to get them on the court <laughs> and hug them. I mean, that probably would be a whole week of, oh, I just wish I could hug you. Uh, that'd probably be the whole first week when we finally get them back out here. <laughs> I mean, I can imagine. And, you know, even just spending 30 minutes on Zoom with three of your players, I could tell they are also very eager to get back on the court. And I have no doubt that they will be comfortable stepping into the leadership role as well. So I'm really excited. Um, I'm really excited to see how you guys adjust. And you talked about you know, Coach Bonnie's experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, you played for a couple great coaches during your college career, both Joanne Boyle and Lindsey Gottlieb. So how would you say that Bonnie's energy and coaching style compared to those two? Oh, I mean, Lindsay, excellent O's, and Joanne, very relational, and, and then Bonnie, she just kind of is the, that bridge between both. Um, she she definitely, she obviously, she knows her X's and O's. Um, we've been in a lot of close games. <laughs> so, um she she knows her X's and O's, but you know, she watches film and it's the same things I was talking about, you know, those relationships are built um outside those lines most of the time and she makes sure that she does her due diligence. She checks in, she she makes she makes meetings with us to make sure that she knows she has a pulse on everything that's happening. Um everything that's happening on the court and outside. Um so that is something that she has been um keen on since day one when I first got here that is who she has presented herself to be every single day is somebody who cares about the student athletes student athletes first so that has been um that has been huge for me as my first um my first assistant coaching job was um under somebody who would be a mentor so that was that's been pretty special to have her yeah, that sounds amazing. I have yet to speak with her or meet her in person, but I'm glad I'm getting to hear all these positive things. I think, uh, you know, even in any coaching situation, it's so important to have a pulse, uh, you know, just have a sense of what's going on around you. I think the best coaches I've ever had, obviously at a much, much lower level of basketball, but, uh, you know, those have been my favorite coaches, the ones that can get a feel for the room and have the sense of emotional intelligence to be there for their players. So I think it sounds like a, uh, a recipe for success. Um, do you feel like there's any player you've coached that reminds you of yourself mentality wise? Oh, I wish you all was, would have uh, had the chance to see um, Brian Walters. She's special. She's very, very special. We're happy to get her back, um, but she's special. When she um, came in and we had a chat and she said, hey, Coach E, I want to, you know, I want to be, I want to be a good defender as well. So, yeah, I mean, she, she had um, things that she could do offensively already and she was already good defensively and she challenged herself every day in practice and um, she'd pick up 94 feet, not because we said so, but yes, because we said so, <laughs> but she would definitely pick up 94 feet and, uh, 
she just was the one who was going to be in the gym to try to push her teammates to be better. Um, and I think they all kind of show me a little bit of myself and um, some of the things that they do. Um, but on the court, she um, she really she takes the defensive piece um, and makes that her focus. Also, Lauren. Lauren has been matched up with a lot of people, um, a lot of uh, people's best player as well. And she's kind of standing the test of time and continues to um, – continues to work at it and uh, accept those challenges. And that that is something that I always adore, that I, I have and I always will about Lauren. It's, like I said, she's going to do whatever she needs to do for the team. I was a big fan of Lauren this last season, and now I'm starting to realize maybe it's because she was mirroring your style a little bit. Because I, I respect anybody who defines their game by defense. Uh, I was talking about this with my dad a couple days ago, actually, because we got – all into the final four conversation again, which, as you imagine, could have lasted hours had we oh. uh, had we not had something to do. <laughs> so, and we're talking about just everyone being different on that team. You know, we're talking about Leja's success in the WNBA, realizing just how great she was. Um, and then when we talked about you, he said it's so cool that there's a player that defines her game on defense because, you know, especially in the age of social media and instant news and small things getting made into a big deal based on, you know, what person with a certain level of fame can tweet it out or whatever. There's so much glory (laughs) associated with the shooting, the scoring, the, you know, the highlights, the dunks. Um, But defense was important. And I think that the culture you guys built at Cal, it made you a scary team. It was like, I don't know, just the level of intensity and the fact you guys all had your back. I was like, yeah, I wouldn't want to run a full court press against these guys. <laughs> we um, we we definitely had some fun on that team. I will not lie. We had a ton of fun just on the court. I mean, Rashonda Gray's energy. Oh, I mean, chest, chest pound. It's like jumps hugs just everything that that emotion that energy um and being able to you know coach now coach a team and be on the other side of things and you know wanting wanting to see those things and getting excited doing those same things but as a coach (laughs) um those things have been special and we have we have Rashonda Gray's we have you know, in terms of energy, in terms of, um, like I said, everybody played a different a different role, and it wasn't just on the court. We always say, um, I remember Michaela Lowes getting subbed into that Stanford game and just hidden from the three, just knocking down threes, and it was it was her time. That was her moment, and we all supported that and loved that. That's the kind of team that we have here. It doesn't matter when it's your time, and we're going to support that. Mira Shulman, she went on an eight zero run um, against U, uh, UCI um, this past season, and um, we we support that. And her, her team rallied behind her when she did that. And we're talking someone who who has sacrificed, who probably has made the biggest sacrifice. Um, sometimes, you know, she she has been with this team since her since year one. And last year, she kind of took a small a, a small break, practiced with us 
um, but didn't travel. And just what, like I said, when her jersey was called and when she had her moment, she she definitely showed up. And that's what's important. That's what that's what makes a basketball team so special. Because it's not just one person. I mean, Danae, Danae needs her wings to be able to hit ahead. Her wings need someone else to make the extra pass to get assists. I mean, you're talking about the Isla, she's not passing to herself, you know, like all of those things, just how special that that is. Timeouts, when they walk into that, when they walk to that bench and the team rallies around them and says they're two, they're two words before the coaches come in. It's usually, all right, come on, let's go. Let's get it. I don't, I don't know, but it's something around those lines. I'm pretty sure. Well, that is really special. If you start making comparisons of, your 2012-13 Cal team to this team, then I am both super excited for when basketball resumes and also super sad that we have no idea what's going to happen. (laughs) You and me both. (laughs) So if there is a season next year at some point, some kind of arrangement, what do Mm -hmm. you feel like this team's biggest challenge is going to be? I really think that the challenge – is going to probably be probably be what we had last year and rolling that over into what we are going to do this year and not not quite saying you know because we're a different team understanding that but understanding that that standard that was set at the end of the year that has to be set on day one now that that chemistry that they had they have to they have to build that they have to build that organically um, day after day during practices, during workouts, um, those, those kind of things that you need from um, your team because we do bring in, like I said, we bring in new faces. Uh, we, we People have to play new roles. Uh, things have to be – people have to get – I mean, we all have to get better, everyone. Every, we all have to get better. We have to get better. And that's going to be something I think, I think we'll definitely get better, but can we – perform what we need to perform to do the things that we're talking about doing. Yeah. And just watching the return of the NBA and the WNBA in these past couple weeks, uh, you can notice even at the highest level with the best players in the world, there's still a certain level of rust and rebuilding the team chemistry. I have to imagine playing in front of no fans after being used to playing in front of 20,000 for these guys and girls is probably crazy as well. So are you worried about any kind of sloppiness factor? Oh, (laughs) we have this thing. Body talks about it. The first practice after Christmas, you know, they go home, they eat dinner with the families, um, and then we bring them back and we have a practice probably two to three days before our, our next game, that little Christmas break. It's probably the worst first practice back. <laughs> we are at least expecting that for at least a week or two. <laughs> Hopefully it's not, but we are we are definitely, as coaches, prepared for that. But I think, like I said, we have a very, very special group, and they've all been working out, and they've all been training to some standard. Um, and they we've been really lucky that most of them have been able to um, – safely be able to get to a gym and at least shoot or a court and shoot. Maybe it's in their backyard. Um, 
but we also we also understand that they they have to keep themselves safe so um definitely looking forward to any practice at this point but <laughs> we are not there are not super high expectations for that first one <laughs> Well, that's probably good for their sake. Uh, <laughs> I can imagine it would be pretty tough to make that transition back. I think uh, the basketball practices I had right after Thanksgiving and Christmas were memories that I would like to permanently erase. So, you know, we we're all going to get through. We're all working together. That's what matters. Um, do you like for this next season, do you have a specific goal for this team? Is it you know, get the top seed in the Big West? Is it, you know, win the Big West tournament? Uh, is it something a little less tangible? I think we, we've we talked about winning the Big West Challenge um, and we we also have, I mean, we've talked about that um, for years, you know, that that is a goal of ours, but um, we've also, like Bonnie, she she's, She's very keen on, you know, that is the end goal, but how do we get there? Um, and it's those small steps in between. So setting many goals. So right now we just want to be able to get into the gym and practice, get a good workout in. And then we can we can continue to talk about the next steps and the other things that we want to do. Um, but I, I would be very, very excited to be able to win the Big West Championship for our, for our players, for our staff, for our fans. And then, you know, making it out to the NCAA to to have our players enjoy that experience the way I was able to enjoy that experience. Because once you once you go the first time, and that's probably where I, what we felt was when we went that first time, we never wanted to lose again after the first one. You know, it was like we never want to not go there again. Like that, we we understand what it takes now. Sorry, our bad. <laughs> So it was kind of I think that will be the same feel here because they are they they are competitive. They are competitive with everything. So I think once they finally reach that 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 spot and get to that NCAA tournament um and I'm saying like I said it's about the steps that it's going to take to get there but when that happens I think that that just that little taste of that tournament is going to just really sweeten it all up for us. Yeah, and everyone's going to want it so much more not <laughs> here, but all around the country mm-hmm. after getting that season cut short. So it's going to be a new level of competitiveness. But as a spectator, I cannot wait. Uh, before we get out of here, we always end with some shout outs. It could be something completely random or relevant to the topic. But Eliza Pierre, I will ask you first, do you have any shout outs in mind? Yes, I would love to give a shout out to um, our players because they are always, you know, sacrificing their time and stuff with their families and everything. So I, I want to give a shout out to them because now they get to spend some time um, back at home. I also want to give a shout out to the WNBA and their players for um, really pushing the needle here for uh, change in this country and really being um, at the forefront of a lot of uh, these social justice movements and sacrificing a lot to be able to do that. Um, I, I think they have really been making some change here and um, I'm excited to just be able to just watch them now, but I, I love, I love the message that they send every day 
when they step um when they step on the floor for sure. Well, our shout outs have a little bit of overlap because I also was thinking of the NBA and WNBA for using their platform to promote social justice and continue mm-hmm. that fight. I think that is super, super important and not to be undervalued whatsoever. I would also like to shout out all of the Golden Bears who have recently played in or are currently part of the WNBA. So Brittany Boyd, Rashonda Gray, Leisha Clarendon, and Christine Inigwe, I will always be a big fan of yours, and I hope you all continue to kill it out there on and off the court. So that is pretty much going to do it for us. Uh, Eliza, once again, thank you so much. That was spectacular. Thank you. Thank you so much, Greg. Thanks for having me. I appreciate all your time. I hope I can see you in person next basketball season, uh, whenever that may be. Um, But watch out for these UCSB Gauchos because I have a feeling they might pick up right where they left off in March. And if there's anything I learned from this interview, I think it's that we might have a pretty special group on our hands. So until then, stay safe, everyone. Take care of the ones you love. See ya. Thank you.